Welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce bonus episode. Not an emergency pod, not an emergency deuce, more of a bonus deuce. You know, if it was an emergency, we probably would have recorded this a few hours ago. So I'm calling it bonus yeah. deuce. I'd be out of breath. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's a bonus deuce because we are, we're just 48 hours from the NBA Finals, but news coming out all over the NBA today. So we're going to get this one out to you ASAP, and we'll still have another episode tomorrow morning, so don't worry. I told you we were going to be previewing the finals all weekend. We will. We got a fun one for tomorrow morning, too. Standard deuce. We got a fun one. Um, but for today, let's talk about Doc Rivers. Not really surprising to anybody that Doc Rivers is no longer the head coach. Well, maybe to some people. I saw some people were surprised, but not surprising to us on this show. Because I think we sort of came to the conclusion after they were eliminated that it was probably time for Doc to be gone from L.A. Uh, I've seen some people saying he got fired. I don't think that's the case. Woj said that they parted ways, uh, which makes sense. Uh, Doc released a statement basically saying, you know, thank you guys for supporting me. My goal was to build this into a winning program and win a championship. I didn't get to accomplish all my goals. But you guys are close. St- support the team. Blah blah blah. Uh, look, I, it's. I think we've sort of covered it in terms of why Doc probably has sort of run his course as the coach of the Clippers. I mean, he's only won three playoff series in in seven years as their head coach. Um, he has the. He's he's law. He's blown three three one leads as a, an NBA coach. You know what I found interesting too is since Tom Thibodeau left his staff in Boston, he's only been out of the second round once. Ooh. Like he's only made it to the I mean, conference. That's underachieving. He's only made it to Especially the conference. Especially with the rosters he's in. Um, when did Thibodeau leave? Was that after the first ring? or No, it was after the second finals appearance. Okay. So this is not shocking, and I think it's the right – I think now we look and we have to say – look, I, I, wanna, I do want to say this about Doc because he's going to get – I think his legacy as a head coach has been in question since they lost, and he's – I think probably rightfully so. They underachieved. Even though they won a title and they went to another championship, they may have underachieved a little bit in Boston. He's definitely underachieved this year, uh, one of the worst – I I still contend one of the worst, you know, performances for a team with that type of expectation we've ever seen in the NBA. Um they weren't great when he had Chris Paul and those guys. So his legacy is going to be in question as a coach. How great was he actually as a coach? But the one thing I would think people need to remember about him throughout all of this and that he needs to get credit for is he carried this organization through one of the toughest situations in sports history, not just NBA history, sports history. Because I think it's easy for people to forget because now it's out of sight, out of mind that Donald Sterling was a old racist that came out, publicly showed what type of person he was 
And Doc Rivers was the guy who had to lead that organization through that shitstorm. And while he may not be the best the best X's and O's basketball coach, I don't know that there is more than a handful of just people that would have been the right guy to maneuver a franchise through a situation like that just because of who he is and how respected he is and the way people look at him around the league. I think he unfortunately was the right guy for the moment to lead a team and an organization through a a situation that was just horrible and came out the other side and was still relatively successful, obviously underachieved, but still came out of it and was able to weather the storm. Balmer came in and bought the team They've put themselves in a position to be a great team. They didn't get it done. But I think I think more almost as much as we're gonna remember him for what they did this year, I think he needs to be remembered as the guy who kept that organization from absolutely crumbling in a time where it could have. Him along with Adam Silver. But he 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 is the guy. And if you haven't watched the on Quibi, I know most people don't have Quibi because it seems like an unequivocal failure at this point. <laughs> but Quibi is the app that has like eight minute TV shows. Um, I think you could do like a free trial. They did a like a 10 episode doc about that situation, and it's incredible. And the episodes are like seven minutes, eight minutes each. So it's worth watching just to see how Doc carried them through that situation because it's a really cool thing to see. So I, I hope people remember that a little bit while they're dumping on what otherwise was a pretty average to below average coaching career outside of the one year they won a title. Yeah. Wow. I unfortunately had kind of forgotten about that, that whole situation. It was I don't, an unbelievably. I don't think you're alone. I think a lot really, of people will probably it's, you know, I think tough situations like that people put it out of their mind anyways, mm-hmm. you know, it's over. We, yeah. I think a lot of people are going right. to forget that doc was the guy who really kept that organization going. Yeah. Um, it's really well said. Um, I was about to bash on him a whole bunch just from a <laughs> purely from a basketball standpoint, but you yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's a really, so. a really important thing is to take a step back for me and everybody really that analyzes sports and bashes people in sports. Like these are people. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind, Doc Rivers is a really good person. And Joey just highlighted all the reasons why. Um, so yeah, that, that really should be first and foremost in our mind about Doc Rivers. And then we can move on to basketball and X's and O's where he didn't get it done. He didn't. He did. He didn't. And I actually think because of his championship in Boston, I think you during these playoffs probably opened my eyes a little bit more to how bad he has been as a coach and underachieving he has been as a coach. And I think because you mentioned it a couple times in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think because of the title and because of his success so to speak, in Boston. I've always sort of been blinded to that he's been a pretty average to below average head coach. Yeah, and, 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 I, and every one of his teams has underachieved even going back to Orlando. And I think one of the things that like kind of helped his own image in, uh, in LA was Chris Paul got injured in those, uh, like in those playoffs for like three straight years. And it was always like Clippers underachieved because Chris Paul got hurt and there's you know, it made sense that they underachieved. Um, but yeah, I was looking back at those Celtics years. Uh, I believe he won the first season that they got Garnett and Ray Allen to yeah. join Paul Pierce. 
And uh, then he had those guys for three or four more years, and uh, they, they got back to the finals, didn't win it. They lost in um, seven games, but yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, let, let's say this: anybody, any head coach that has a ring is a good coach. But Absolutely. I'm saying, yeah, what, what we're saying is, ah, he could have <laughs> his Should've legacy could be a lot greater. Should have done think. more. He, he had a he had an opportunity to be an all timer. Well, th- this year really puts a stamp on it because they mortgaged their entire future for this year and maybe next year. Literally like that, that phrase gets tossed around, but they mortgaged their future on this year with an absurd amount of picks. And then there's, so they mortgaged their future for this roster. So look, they they have no picks. Uh, Marcus Morris and Montrez Harrell are free agents to Michael Green as a player option. So you're you're and then after next year, Kawhi and Paul George both have player options. So you're looking at over the next year, year or to two years, this team that you basically got rid of your entire future for could also be gone if you don't make some moves. Um, so and and then when they got Kawhi and Paul George, just the just the aura around Kawhi Leonard of what he did in Toronto, coming to L.A. I think rightfully so. The expectation was bare minimum Western Conference Finals. But even not making the finals was somewhat of a failure. But to not even to give up a 3-1 lead and not make it to the Western Conference Finals is an is such an abject failure for that team that unfortunately for Doc, this is and now that they've parted ways, unless he gets another head coaching job which apparently teams are really interested if I was him, I'd probably take a year or two and just evaluate because I think, yeah. I think we see a lot of times like Mark Jackson keeps getting brought up, Jeff Van Gundy keeps getting brought up. Like if you take T- Thibodeau has another job, you know, D'Antoni got jobs. Take a year or two, become sought after again. Like don't just jump into a new job just because. Like the the there was the report that Philly that within an hour of this announcement, Philly and New Orleans had already reached out. I don't know that either of those situations is right for Doc. Uh, so I, I would just take some time, you know let 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 the let people f- remember what you can bring to the table for a little bit and just weigh your options. I don't think he has to jump right into a job unless he just absolutely feels like he he has a better opportunity somewhere else. Yeah, and if he really really loves coaching, like I mean, I right. wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy that really doesn't want to take a year just because he enjoys doing it so much. Loves working with these young guys and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, the Philly thing came up. Obviously, I'm going to talk about Philly. But for any team, he's like, he's just a safe hire because he has that ring. Like, the owner can point to the fan base, hey, we're hiring a guy that's won a ring before. You know, he can take us to the promised land. Um, but he's, to me, he's not an exciting hire. Like, it's almost like these. we talk about players, you know, we know what he is. It's almost like we kind of know what Doc is. Like, he does he need multiple hall of famers on his roster to win a ring? It, it seems like it. Yeah, I think. And also, well, he, he has two borderline hall of famers this year. Well, one guaranteed probably when it's all said and done. And, and Paul George had a chance, ha, has had his opportunities to boost himself into that. Um, just from a talent standpoint, Lou Williams is Lou Williams. <laughs> he might be a hall of famer. No. I mean, he, that's a, best, tan, that's a different discussion. Best but six man maybe. ever, but I don't know that that gets you a hall of fame ring or a Hall of Fame induction. Um, I think 
Yeah, I think the the him not being an exciting hire is the, is 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 pretty much it hits the nail on the head. Uh, I think he was so exciting for the Clippers because they're the Clippers, right? And until Doc Rivers went there, they were the worst organization in sports. Maybe maybe ever. I mean, the Browns were up there for a while. Say, yeah, Browns comes to mind, but but. There were few organizations that were more of a mess. And even when he got there, were still a mess behind the scenes, obviously, as we found out. But like just in terms of no success and just constant failures and disastrous situations. So getting a guy like Doc, who was just fresh basically off of a championship and a finals appearance and, you know, coaching three Hall of Famers, it was such a big thing. And now I think that has totally worn off to where an organization like Philly, I think the fans wouldn't like it. I think they, a, a lot of the fans would probably look at it and be like, I don't know, man, Doc? I think you need somebody uh, exciting. Yeah, I do, I do not think the fan base would be, like, very excited. Although there is the, like, juxtaposition of, like, we, we're hi- we'd be hiring a guy that knows how to win, whereas we just had this experiment with Brett Brown, who has... The, I do think Brett Brown actually still has, like, the worst win percentage in league history just because of all that that BS with the process. And yeah, stuff. But, but I think you have to look at Doc now and say, does he know how to win? Uh, yeah, I just don't know if uh, if people in Philly would, right. <laughs> would look at it that right. way. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll see where he ends up. I, I think New Orleans would, would not make sense, but I don't think you want to hire Doc to develop a young team like that. Uh, I, that doesn't seem like a good idea. In terms of what's next for the Clippers, the immediate rumors were Ty Lue, who's on the staff, which to me, he's got to be the front runner. Uh, particularly because if he, if he didn't think he had a strong shot at that job, I feel like he would have already gone to new Orleans to the David Griffin connection. Yeah. David Griffin was his GM in Cleveland, etc. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy, because Jeff Van Gundy has a very close relationship with Lawrence Frank, who's their GM or president, whatever it is. You know, every every team, whoever runs Bass Operations has a different different title, yeah. Uh, the guy I would love to see get it is Sam Cassell, who's on their staff also. Ooh. It'd be really be fun. Cool. I don't think they'll do it. I think they'll go with somebody who's... But the, I think the dark horse, and no one's really talking about it, is Lawrence Frank. I mean, Lawrence Frank... He has he has replaced championship level coaches before. You know, he replaced Byron Scott in Brook in uh, New Jersey. The Took year that's with with Jason Kidd and Vince Carter, right? Is yeah, that... but but the year after Byron Scott took them to the finals. Okay, I thought it was that season. I got you. So Byron Scott takes them to the finals. The next year, they start twenty two and twenty. Gets fired. Lawrence Frank takes over. Coaches for six that, years never gets mm-hmm. out of the second round. Um, so it's not unheard of. Now, being a GM is a much cushier job than being a coach. So I don't know. But the only reason I say Lawrence Frank is also because he built this team and it's looking like a failure. He's the one who mortgaged their future. He's the one who put this team together. I'm sure with help, right? But he's the he's the GM. So it's his thing. So... If if I can 
just assume anything about Lawrence Frank, he's probably going to Balmer saying, whoa, this is not a failure. Let me coach it because I put it together. I know they can win. Interesting. So I posed this question a while back about which coaching vacancy for you. If you're a coach on the open market, where are you going? Is Because it, it's boiled down so, right now to Clippers and New Orleans, right? Well, there's Clipper, well, the, Clippers, New Orleans, Houston. I think at the time we had the conversation, it was the Nets, but Steve Nash has filled that position. Oh, it's always, yeah, it would have been the Nets. Yeah, um, it would have been the Nets. So you have Clippers, Rockets, Pelicans, Sixers, Pacers, who we're going to talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, Sacramento still doesn't have a coach? Yeah, it doesn't really. What is going on? Oh, no, they do. Yeah. I keep thinking that. They don't have a GM. Or maybe they hired a GM. That's crazy. Like We do a five-day-a-week NBA podcast, and I have no idea what's going yeah. on with the Kings. At whatsoever. I, I, this is the first scenario, I think, where Joey has been vexed on... <laughs> Every the, single time I keep saying they don't, yeah. I keep saying they don't have a coach, but Luke Walton is their coach. <laughs> like I keep, yeah, but he barely counts. What a what a disaster it is. Um, I think you have to immediately say the Clippers is the best job because you're still, no matter what, you're still at least for one year. Um, because I think as a coach, you can't assume that you're going to be the guy who they keep to. To, through a rebuild so let's say next year's a failure and they rebuild you might be out after a year so as a coach in the open market i'm looking at that team saying i could go there and win a championship next year no matter what they put around Kawhi and paul george if i'm an nba coach i'm saying i got the two studs give me the right give me some pieces but i can make it work so that's that's yeah. that's the one where i'm like because the rest of them like Houston's going to be a disaster, I think, next year. I think without D'Antoni, that Houston situation is going to be really tough, unless Maury pulls off some more miracles and sort of restructures what they look like. Obviously, you know how I feel about Philly. It doesn't really matter. To me, if I'm Philly, I'm, I would hire a young guy and just see what they can do with this roster while we figure out what to do with this roster. Like, you've had Ime Udoka there for a long time, right? A couple years? Yeah. My gut feeling is actually that he gets the job. Uh, He hasn't really been mentioned, but that's my gut. I wouldn't be mad at that. Just give a young guy a chance who comes from the Popovich tree and see what he can do with this current roster before you inevitably blow up the roster if it doesn't work. Because if it doesn't work next year, it's getting blown up. Give the guy a chance, and then he'll be the coach for the rebuild anyways. Mm-hmm. Right, but why bring in like to me? It's like bringing in Doc for one year to see if you can salvage yeah. this thing, or even D'Antoni. It's like I don't, I don't I, know. It's like I, I just it, it, it wouldn't sense. surprise me if management just thinks it's salvageable when it's not. But yeah. But either way, to me, the Clippers are probably going to hire Ty Lue to replace. Uh, it just seems so. It just seems obvious. It's it's right there. So yeah. Least surprising breaking news in a while. Put it that way. Doc Rivers, yeah. <laughs> no longer the coach of the Clippers. I've also seen these people. I've seen a couple times now people saying that the Clippers might look to try to trade Paul George. But, like, what are you going to get? You're not going to get yeah. much. I mean, that comes into that sunken value fallacy or whatever. Like, they're never, ever going to get back what they gave up for him. 
Well, but that's not a reason not to do it. Unless it's just tricky. It would have know. to be a scenario. It would have to be a team where he's willing to sign an extension because no one's going to give up assets to get Paul George on the last year of his deal if he doesn't sign an extension. Right. But he didn't even sign a long-term deal with the Clippers. So who is he going to go to to sign a long-term deal now? I mean, he went there to be home and to be with Kawhi. It just doesn't make sense. What do you think yeah. you're going to get? And you're, you're and and if I'm Lawrence Frank as the GM, trading no matter what you get back for Paul George, it's not going to be what you gave up. So right. you're, sunken you, cost. Sorry, I messed yeah, that there up. You sunken go. cost that, fallacy. Exactly. Yeah. But that's true. Like you're not mm-hmm. getting back what you get what you gave up. So if you right. if you give up on it now, you're really just saying you might as well just get rid of Lawrence Frank. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. at that point, you're like, yeah. what? We just got rid of our whole future to bring this guy here. That would actually be kind of badass if Lawrence Frank was like, hold on, like I'll coach the team. I didn't mess this up as bad as you think. Like let me hop in there. It's the Pat Riley. The with Pat him. Riley. Yeah, yeah, It'd be badass. Except that Pat Riley was the president, and he was yeah. just like Stan. We'll see you later. Mm-hmm. I got this. Patted him on the head. It's just such a weird situation. <laughs> Joey is actually pretending to pat somebody on the head there. It's just such a weird situation for a team that you know has the talent to win a championship, not to have a coach. You know, like like this team is ready to win a championship on paper right now. And uh, it's, man. And they have some serious roster questions going into next year because mm-hmm. they're they are over the cap. So really all they can do is re-sign these guys who are free agents. But are they willing to spend the money to keep Harrell when he's probably not worth the money he's going to get? Same with Marcus Morris. The, their roster, unless they're able to make some trades, is going to be essentially the same next year. So you really got to get a coach who you think like is ready. That's why Ty Lue makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because he knows the guy. Like well, he already has like, a rapport if, with. Yeah, if Kawhi likes him. Like mm-hmm. if you're Kawhi, if Kawhi's like, all right, I've seen him do it with LeBron, so we can do it. Yeah. You know, maybe that but it would be really strange to me to go get like a Jeff Van Gundy and say Didn't that report sorry, didn't that report come out that uh Doc Rivers wasn't going anywhere because Kawhi has a good relationship with him and yes. like that's just some of these reports, man, you can't Well there's there's no there's no accountability. Guy, yeah, exactly. There's just, no, they're allowed to say whatever they want. Honestly, right. we should we should find whoever did that and hold them responsible. Well, someone someone was telling me like someone texted me that listens to the pod and was just like, "You got to start just uh, like reporting things." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if we hit on a couple, then that's our ticket. It's just like just start reporting things. I mean, you, you just, I, I need some more. I need breaking news from you. I'm like, right, I'm reporting right now that the Sixers will hire Mike D'Antoni. That's what I'm. That's right. an official I'm report according so. to according to the NBA Morning Deuce. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with the Clippers. Um, it's weird. It's like seems like a mess, but also seems like they could win a title next year. So it's it's a really fascinating situation. We will uh, we'll obviously keep you updated as it develops. The other news, and now this is a report, and this could totally be a false report, but it came from the Athletic, so people are running with it. Reportedly, Victor Oladipo is looking to leave the Pacers this off season. Which would mean they have to trade him because he has another year left on his deal. Um, you know what this reminds me of, and it's it's to definitely to a lesser degree. But remember when Kawhi wanted a trade, like he was unhappy in San Antonio, and the big question was, is he going to be healthy? Like he had that mysterious quad injury. Um, I mean, that was one of the reasons. San, if San Antonio knew he was going to 
fully heal from that injury, they would have made that work. They wouldn't have traded him. So like with Oladipo, the question is there, is he ever going to get back to what he was? He's not the same player Kawhi Leonard is. I'm not saying that by any stretch. I'm just saying the team that theoretically trades for Oladipo thinks they're getting a player, a different player than we saw in this postseason. Totally. And I think he'll be back. I think he'll be healthy. I do too. I don't think he had time to get ready. His injury was really bad. So it's it's hard to come back from that and not have time to play yourself into shape. The report also said that uh that report that the Celtics might could package Gordon Hayward and a bunch of those picks that they have to get him. That's which would be weird. I mean, yeah. The pay, Gordon Hayward makes way more than Old Depot, so there's there would be more pieces to that. I hate that trade for the Celtics. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't I don't, I don't like think he puts all, them. Really. I don't think I don't think Oladipo puts the Celtics over the top. Neither do I. Um, also, if if Oladipo, if the Pacers are willing to trade Oladipo, then I feel like they must be getting Mike D'Antoni because D'Antoni could coach any roster. And and if I was and to that end, if I was Oladipo, I would wait to see if you get Mike D'Antoni. Right. Because wait, so the, just so I'm clear, the report is that. Oladipo is looking to leave, not that the Pacers are shopping. Yes, that right? Oladipo yeah, okay. wants out. Okay. This offseason, though. Not yeah, like, like not like when his contract's up, like he wants it. Yeah. So it's a Paul George situation, basically. Mm-hmm. Like he's saying he wants out. So I'm assuming that means he's saying he's not going to resign with them. Again, we could drop this episode in 20 minutes, and in an hour he could release a statement saying that the guy's full of shit. It happens all the time. But – as of right now, we're going with it because people are running with it. But if that happens, we're holding this guy accountable. We're going to do an emergency. Oh yeah, his name something and... Weiss or something like that from the Athletic. I don't know. Um, but yeah, if, 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 if I'm Old Depot, I would wait to see who the coach is going to be because if it's Mike D'Antoni, you're going to be better than last year. You're not going to win a title because the team's just not built to win a title. But you're going to be really good, and you're going into a free agency. You're coming off of an injury. He's going to put you in the best position to succeed. You're probably going to have one of your best statistical years of your career coming going into free agency. Like if I'm Oladipo, I'm I'm riding it out if I'm getting D'Antoni. So I would be waiting. So well, doesn't that also set up a huge game of chicken if <laughs> the coach, the prospective coach, is waiting to see what happens with Oladipo? Like you're not not necessarily you're not super excited to. You think he would know up front with management, like no? I think if you want to be a head, I think if you want to be a coach in the NBA, you 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 take a job as a coach in the NBA. But from Mike D'Antoni's perspective, like, don't, yeah. wouldn't his decision hinge on if his best player is cool with the team or not? I mean, yeah, probably. So I, I guess they get everybody in a room and talk it out or something. I mean, it's just it's yeah, a I don't messy know situation. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I was looking around at like what what teams would make sense. Um, oh wait, I, that's the wrong team I put here. So what teams I would want to see him get moved to? Um, okay. And I got one. I got the perfect team. The Pelicans Ooh. for Drew. So here's okay. so so here's what happens. Vic is younger, so you're developing him with that young team. Oladipo and Zion, that's a great defensive core 
to start out with, plus all these other pieces. And if you're indie, you're probably not getting much worse next year because Drew is still really good. You're plugging him right into the old depot spot. And you're probably just as good as you were, if not better than last year, based on whoever your coach is, because you didn't have Vic for most of the year. And, and you're getting guys healthy that were not healthy in the playoffs. And and all three Holiday brothers on the same team. Now that is a trade kicker, if I've ever heard one. Whoa. That's definitely never... I know at one point, Goron and Zoran were on the court at the same time. But could you imagine three brothers on the court at the same time? The Zellers or the Plumleys, maybe. I don't know if Mason but and Miles they, ever played ever, on the same team. But I mean, like, all, like actually in the game at the same time. I don't think that's ever happened. They have to. There, there's no... Well, the Morrises, they played on the same team. No, no, three, bro, three. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Well, the well, the third Plumley never made it to the league, right? And I think the third Zeller was only in the league for like a year. He was like a G League guy. I think he, but yeah, no. There's definitely. I don't think. Are you asking me? Have three brothers been on the court at the same time or on the same team on the court? Yeah, I'm saying. I'm saying on the court at the same time, like because like I'm pretty sure when the Pelicans and the and the Pacers probably played each other. No. Okay, I didn't think of it from that perspective that there's another team. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I mean, I, I gotta. I have to imagine. Okay. Yeah. Probably. I feel like but I remember on the same it happening. Team? No, no, not on the same team. That'd have to know. be a first, and it'd be well. I mean, how shit. often are three brothers in the league at the same time? Yeah. Exactly. You know? Um, so that, so when I was looking around, I was like, damn, that would be so, so cool. That trade would be mm-hmm. cool. I think Vic in, in New Orleans would be cool for you. Whoever the new coach is there, you're getting like a, a really, really potentially great wing player to go along with a potentially great, whatever Zion is. And yeah. then the, in, the indie- that, but would that's. Would that set up a situation where there's not enough shots to go around? Like, are you a believer in that in sort what? of where? like in New Orleans with no. with Ingram, Zion, Oladipo, and Lonzo Ball? No, well, Lonzo Ball doesn't need to take shots. I don't think Vic needs offense run through him either. I think you you still focus your offense around Brandon Ingram, and Vic is just he's he's I mean. Dude, he's he he's still he's probably your best player because he's their best two way player, and he's your second option offensively. And now you have two really strong offensive options while you still figure out what Zion is because we still really don't know what he is as an offensive player. So then I don't believe that would be fun. That, I don't believe already in, I don't believe in the shots team. thing. I don't believe in the shots thing. No. I'm just at New Orleans is already a super exciting team, and that would uh, that could put them over the top just in terms of like you got to see them if they're the the you know on TNT that night. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be great. That so there is a I mean obviously there's a bunch of teams that could do it, but I, I think Dallas would be interesting. Um, if they could figure out a way to not give up a ton and put him with Luca, ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I like that. I just feel like Dallas has their two pieces, and just if they like, I don't know. I feel like Dallas is better suited to add like really quality depth than another it's pretty quality like, depth. Yeah, isn't he? Is he? 
He's not. Oh he's, no, no. I see him as like a top two player on but, the team. But the thing is, is I, the way Dallas has always been is they've always found the interchangeable parts. That's true. Yeah, Rick Car- Carlisle's been incredible with that. And and Donnie Nelson, they just sort of plug in. They they find the guys like Jalen Brunson, Seth Curry, Dwight Powell, Dwight Powell, uh, even getting Tim Hardaway in the trade with the Knicks. Like they f- Trey Burke for the playoffs. Like they tend to. F- they're like they're similar to the Heat. Right where they just kind of find the guys that fit their situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like, look, if you're gonna if you if you're Dallas and you're gonna do that, you're gonna have to give up Dwight Powell, which is fine because he makes ten million, and then you're probably gonna have to give up like a young guy. I, I don't really know. I don't remember what else is just to make the money work in picks. But Luca and Luca and on all the depot together is pretty crazy. Would be a really cool backcourt. And Porzingis. I mean. Yeah. Um, Phoenix has a lot of young talent that they could move to get him. Like they could put Kelly Oubre in like another young player in picks and put Tevin Booker and Victor Oladipo together. That would be fun. Um, There's a few other ones. Miami. If they could figure out a way to do it. I don't know what they would offer. I don't think they have the right pieces to offer because they'd have to give up somebody I wouldn't be willing to give up. Right. And, I mean, if you're Miami, I feel like you're you're probably trying to run this back pretty similarly next year just to – I don't know. If you if you could figure out a way to not give up a ton and get – like if, if he was going into free agency, I'd go after mm-hmm. him because they're clearing – they have a lot of free agents this year. Like Goron's going to be a free agent. They have a few other guys that are, that are free agents. I'd probably try and go get him. But I don't know if I would trade – because I don't, you know, I just don't think they have the, I don't think they can. Also, I don't think they have the picks. Right. Um. Yeah, but I, New Orleans, New Orleans is the team for me. I would love that. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see if that's even a a real report in a few hours. And then the last thing. This one's not surprising. Definitely, if you listen to the podcast, Jeremy Grant is expected to opt out of his deal and could get 14 to $16 million on the open market. So is that a report? The report, is that you speculating 14 to 16 million or you saw a that report? was part of the report? Okay. I feel like he could like, I feel like a team might make a very over overpriced offer and give him like 18 to $20 million a year. I agree. I, I think I said it earlier. I think he's a guy that's going to get very overpaid. Yeah, it's and that's definitely not a knock gonna, on him. I definitely think it's going to be closer to the 16 million end of that than the 14 million end. Um, yeah, I think he's going to get overpaid too. I, don't, I mean, we don't have to even get into this. I think yeah. it's not surprising. We've talked about it a million times, but he's yeah. a really good player and he deserves to get paid more than what he's getting paid right now, which I think yeah, is like nine or 10 million. So good for him. Played great in the playoffs and it, it's a product of a team that probably overachieved a little bit. So. There you go. Um, all right. Bonus deuce. Good, good bonus deuce. Good bonus deuce. Hope you guys enjoy it. We'll be back uh, We'll be back in the morning. We're going to do... We got legacy talk, baby. NBA Finals legacy talk. You do not want to miss this episode. So we will see you bright and early. Later. Later.